in terms of building community in tech or around a brand, I think of community as spaces that we return to because we feel supported and because we feel seen and because we feel valued, but we're also contributing to it. And there's sort of that mutual relationships and there's reciprocity. But I do think that at the core of it, community is about feeling like you belong. You're listening to Companies and Communities, a podcast that focuses on community building as a way to help build resilient, powerful brands. In each episode, we'll uncover how business leaders and marketers are innovating around the concept of community to drive growth. And you'll learn how you can start, grow, and build a community of advocates around your brand. Let's dive in. Hello, and welcome to another episode of Companies and Community. I'm your host, Chantel Marcel. This episode is produced by Motion, an agency that helps busy B2B tech marketers launch podcasts. Today, our guest is Willa Tellickson Flash, and I'm going to kick it over to you to do an intro just so that's a little bit more interesting than me trying to introduce you. Thanks, Chantel. It's really nice to be here. My name is Willa Tellickson-Flash, and I'm the Director of Community at Public.com, which is an investing app built for active investors. And we can talk a little bit more about what Public is in a little bit. But I've been with Public for a year and a half and had the privilege of seeing the company grow from a very early stage startup to now a community of over a million members, which has been very cool for me to see and be a part of. And Prior to joining Public, I've worked in roles in editorial and in customer experience at a range of startups in New York City. But the, I think the through line, the takeaway for folks just getting to know me is that I'm really interested in the power of conversation to make topics that tend to be more uncomfortable or more taboo to make them more approachable and, and more comfortable. So that's been a through line of my career and what brought me to Public. Yeah, it's really interesting because you introduced me to public kind of because I remember I had seen it on Twitter and I was like, oh, cool. What's this? I don't know anything about investing, but I love new tech. And then I think you'd actually like written me and sent me this awesome invest hat. I had to wear it for this because it's my favorite, (laughs) probably my favorite belonging period in the world right now. I wear it all the time. I'm sure people are like, she must be in finance or something with that like hat on all the time. But I got your note in the mail and I felt so special. It was like this personal note. It was like, hey, you know, something about community. I wasn't even a member of the app at the time, but it made me feel so special. So, you know, anytime I'm talking about community and brands that do community really well, I always bring up public. So I guess let's start with the basics. How do you even define community? Well, I think you got it a big piece of it when you were just talking about the the hat. I think, you know, people want to feel seen and people want to feel heard and people want to feel supported and community is often the the space to do that. And I think we most easily relate to that in our personal lives. So what are the spaces in our own personal worlds where we feel that support and feel that sense of belonging? I think these are all keywords for community. But in terms of building community in tech or around a brand, I think of community as spaces that we return to because we feel supported and because we feel seen and because we feel valued. And another thing that I think is important to call out is there's spaces that we're returning to because we're gaining some sort of value, whether that be 
learning or getting help with something or being able to explore an interest or something like that, but we're also contributing to it. So we're helping folks out and there's sort of that mutual relationships and there's reciprocity. But I do think that at the core of it, community is about feeling like you belong. And so what are the things that we can do to create those spaces that provide that sense of belonging for the people who are taking part? You know, I think a lot of brands not only struggle to define community, but then they struggle to figure out where does it sit within the company and how to, you know, delegate resources to to help out with it. So how do you do that at public? Does it sit within marketing? Is it its own thing? So the community team is part of the marketing team, which I think is really valuable for a few reasons. I think that because the community is built so centrally into what public is. And for those who don't know, public is an investing app with a social community network really at its core. So there's a space within the app where you're investing to interact with other investors. And so because the community is so central to what public is, it makes sense that it's part of our reputation and part of that brand building. And so it's a two-way street of a working relationship too. We interface with our community in a way that sometimes serves as an additional communication channel. So if we're launching a new product feature, if we're launching a campaign, I'm talking about that in the app too, so that we're giving people information in the same space that they're using it. And then on the flip side of that, when we're working on brand campaigns or things like that, we launched a brand campaign, an out-of-home campaign recently. So this is a timely example We're also thinking about who are the members of our community that we can spotlight in that, or how can we reflect our community experience within that? So I guess it makes sense for us and for the community we have to have our team sit under the marketing team, but we're also working really closely with teams across the org. So I think that community sometimes sits in different teams depending on what the business is. And it really just depends on what your goals are and where you can get the most support for your community within the organization. So speaking of goals, I've asked a few of the guests this, but it's always something that's top of mind for me because, you know, I manage a lot of analytics and data is just so much more important for marketers these days with trying to prove the value and figure out how to be really strategic about spend and allocation. So I guess, how do you measure success? Do you have set KPIs or are there metrics that you're like, this is what I need to like benchmark in order to prove that this is working? I think those KPIs are something that candidly we have room and and I have room to do better with. People and their behavior are, you know, a little bit harder to measure than some of the more numerical, like joined this app, made an account, whatever it may be. And I've also been lucky to be supported by a leadership team who really believes in the value of community. So I haven't been in situations where I've had to say, look, let me prove to you why this really matters. That being said, I believe so strongly in the value of our community and and the value of our team's interactions with our community. So we recently brought on a data team and started growing out that team and adding user researchers and, and things like that. So in the coming months, I really would like to be able to measure, you know, what is the value of 
our team interacting with our community members? What is the impact on their retention? What is the impact on their investing activity and things like that? So we're still in the early days of getting that that data center set up, but I think those are things that will be really interesting and important to measure over time. And in the meantime, I'm paying attention to things like what is the reach of our community team within our app? So what percentage of active members are we interacting with on a weekly basis? What is moderation activity looking like? How many people are we having to work with and and nudge um, or or maybe, you know, take moderation activity towards on a weekly basis? So that gives us a sense of some elements of community health. But we're also paying attention to things like what is the quality of conversations that's taking place at any given time? Because those conversations really speak a lot for who we are as a company and and what the value is in participating in conversations on public. And we measure things like how much swag we're sending out too. I think what you spoke to at the beginning, we really want to make sure that our community members feel like they're part of our community and that we're delighting them and not just influencers or creators or the people who stereotypically post unboxing videos on on social media. We want everyone (laughs) to feel like they're a part of this. So I think that's a roundabout way of saying that we're as curious as we can be about what's going on in our community at any given time. And I think having some more concrete data around what we know anecdotally will be be part of the, the months to come. Yeah, you know, it's funny because when I had gotten the package from you guys, I was like, do they know that I have barely any followers? Like, can they check my <laughs> follower count? Because I'll post this and it'll get two likes. So, you know, I hope that they realize that they're not going to get like this huge viral something from me posting about it. But it just made me feel so special because I'm not an influencer and you guys still gave me that recognition and made me feel appreciated. So speaking of like conversations and then that experience, I think it came out of you guys just like seeing me talking about the brand on Twitter. So is social listening a big, it's like a huge buzzword, but not a lot of brands actually do it. Is that part of your strategy? So I don't do any social listening on Twitter or other social platforms. I think the example that you gave came from Katie, who who's our VP of marketing, she had seen your tweet and she sent it over to me and I ran with it from there. <laughs> so our, our marketing team is definitely paying attention to anytime people are tagging us in things. And then I'm going to take a different version of this because I feel like the social listening that I'm doing is paying attention to what people are saying about the app in the app. So whether that's feature requests that people are sharing, feedback that they're sharing on certain parts of the app or certain conversations that are happening in the platform or things that they'd like to see. It's my job and my team's job to make sure that we're collecting that information and that feedback and sharing it with the appropriate teams so that, you know, as our app is evolving, that the design and the features and the way we're talking to our members is meeting them where they are and where they want to be going because it's such an important knowledge center that we have access to directly within the app. Yeah, I've got to say my only feedback request would be that you guys would just like flag me when I'm about to buy something that I shouldn't be buying because I feel like my portfolio is so like all over the place. I'm just like, which is one of the cool things about the fact that you in particular, post a lot of education in the app. 
I think that you've like highlighted and not just you, but all of the different users and a lot of the influencers within the app have posted information and education that I've really benefited from uh, and expanded my financial literacy, I guess, through just paying attention. So is that like a conscious thing that you do? Do you have a content plan when you're going in and creating these conversations in the app? Yeah, I think a couple different things. So our goal is not to ever tell anyone what to invest in, right? Like we're not here to give financial advice. And so instead, what I want to be doing and what we want to be doing is empowering people to feel more confident in making those decisions for themselves. And I think that's where education becomes a large piece of that. And then in in regards to content strategy, I think that's shifted over time. So when I first started in early 2020, the community was much smaller. There were fewer people using the platform. And so I was driving a lot of the content in order to show people different ways that they could use the app and sort of give them some ideas of what kinds of conversations could we be having on this platform? What kind of information can we be sharing? And over time, as the numbers of people using the platform have grown and as there have been more creators or influencers or whatever you want to call them, or just people who are really active power users on the app, they've started to create some of their content, some of their own content that's educational or related to news or, or things like that. And in order to let that shine, I've, I've stepped back a little bit, but still wanting to make sure that the, the information that I'm sharing in the app is helping people along that journey of feeling more confident in taking part in these conversations about investing and in thinking about financial literacy or what they want to learn. So I still on a regular basis am thinking about, you know, what's going on in the world that maybe we want to apply to to what people are talking about on public. And so a recent example of that is I posted something about what shareholder voting is because mm. there had been some companies that were holding those sessions. And so wanting to make sure that people weren't just getting a letter in the mail about shareholder voting and feeling like that was a foreign language and letting it go. So I think in a big picture way, education is a really big piece of empowering people. And so I think that will always be a part of what we want to include in the app and in the spaces where people are are gathering to have conversations about investing. So to get a little bit deeper into that topic. One of the things that I find most challenging about managing a community is keeping it going and keeping it active because people will join, but then it's like, well, what now? So how do you keep those conversations and that engagement going? Two things come to mind. The first is something that's more in my team's control. And the second is related to the product. So I think a big piece about what brings people back to conversations is the people. So early on getting to know our community members and continuing to get to know our active community members as we grow allows us to connect people with similar overlapping interests in a way that they want to keep coming back to hear what this person has to say or to ask this person a question or to share something and then hear how that person reacts. And so fostering those connections and fostering that dialogue so that it's not just opening the app to invest or opening the app to check your portfolio, but opening the app because you're curious about the other people there or because you want to continue to engage with those people is one thing that keeps people there in the same way that you know you want to keep seeing your friends and then on the product side we have a really incredible product team and they've been launching 
really cool features that just add more ways that our community can interact with the app. So a couple of examples on that front, we launched a live audio feature recently called Public Live, where our community can tune in and hear what market experts have to say about what's going on in the news or what's going on in the markets. And so even if you know, you're not opening the app to invest, you're opening the app to learn. And then maybe you learn something that you want to post something about and continue the conversation there. We also launched a feature called Town Hall somewhat recently where our community members can submit questions directly to CEOs and executives of publicly traded companies, and then they'll respond to those in a live Q&A format. So knowing that our community is really interested in learning more about the companies that they're invested in, learning about the markets, how can we continue to build features that they want to engage with that keep bringing them back. So I think there's both the human connection element and then there's the sort of app feature learning engagement on that front way that balance each other out, that work together to keep the community growing and and engaged. You know, you just mentioned that And I love this series where you do like open it up for a QA and a with like really top business people. I guess like how do you get that level of like people involved in creating content and working with you guys? And beyond that, maybe let's even switch gears a little bit. You guys have an incredible influencer like strategy going. The people who you have on the app and featured as creators Recently, I saw like, you know, the Breakfast Club's Angela Yee. She's really a prominent figure for the NYC community and for the the Black community as well. How does that tie in with everything that you're doing, getting these like this diverse group of influencers involved? Yeah, I think a lot of credit goes to our business development team and folks working on partnerships there. You know, our mission is to make the public markets work for all people. And so when we're thinking about people that we're going to partner up with, it's really important to make sure that that groups of people who have stereotypically been underrepresented in the markets, that we're working with people who represent those groups so that we can get them involved in the markets so that moving forward, they're a part of investing as well. So I think there's a lot of thought that goes into Who are we working with and what are the audiences that these people can bring in so that we can change who we think of an investor as? And the thing that I personally find really powerful about having influencers come onto a platform is that they've established a level of trust with their audience and with their community. And so when someone joins public through, let's say, Angela Yee, and they see her posting about the Bumble IPO or something like that, they're excited to have another space where they can interact with her. And that might be a conversation that they're more likely to feel comfortable participating in because this is someone who they already admire or trust or whatever it may be. And so to me, it feels like it lowers the barrier to entry for folks coming in through some of these people that we're partnering with because there's already a level of familiarity in a space that might feel less familiar. So I cannot take any credit for who we're partnering with or the strategy going into those partnerships. But I think the thing that we're all pretty strongly aligned on is making sure that the people who are working with to speak about public and to share public with their audiences are audiences that that we feel would be really valuable to have as part of our community. Yeah, I love that. So one final question, I kind of kept this topic 
for the end because it's a huge discussion with social media and community in general, everything online. You know, how do you handle the like potential for trolls? How do you moderate? That's like a huge, I think, uh, problem and challenge for a lot right now. Yeah, moderation, I think, is something that will always exist as a problem. I personally don't understand the mindset that wants to come in and try and mess with a space or (laughs) I don't think I would be good at my job if I did understand that mindset. (laughs) The way we look at it is it's important to have really strong community guidelines. So that was one of the first things I worked on when I joined. It's important to have clear expectations around what you expect from your community. And then what was also really important was early on in my time at public, setting standards for how we talk to each other. And I I did a lot of that through just the way I talk to other community members. It was like, okay, if this is how I'm posting, if this is how I'm asking someone a question, if this is how I'm commenting on someone's post, if it's respectful and curious and engaging because it's thoughtful, then people will show that back to me. And then as we've grown and new people are joining, and the first thing that they see when they open the app is people speaking to each other in a way that's encouraging, in a way that's respectful, then we're setting ourselves up in a better place where people won't come in and think that being a jerk will fly. That being said, there are always going to be people who are going to try to do that. So making sure that we're following up on moderation when people are violating those community guidelines. And so you know, if we have to remove someone because they are being hateful towards someone else, then we're going to remove them from the platform because that doesn't fly by our community guidelines and that's not what this is the space for. We also have a little bit of a leg up because in order to be on public, you have to have an investing account. And in order to do that, you have to share a fair amount of personal information. And so if for some reason someone has to be removed from the app, they can't just create a new Gmail account create a new username and come back. So in that way, it's more of a verified social network than a lot of the other ones that we're used to. But as our platform continues to grow and as we add new features to the app, it's top of mind for me to make sure that safety is a piece of how we're launching what we are. So working with our product team to ensure that moderation features continue to be a part of what we're building. You know, you can already report someone on public and block someone if you need to. But as we add things, what other features do we need to have to keep people safe? It's certainly a challenge. And I you know, wish I could wave a magic wand and make the need for moderation disappear overnight. But I think the piece of the challenge that I find exciting is there is so much room to do it better than people mm-hmm. have done in the past. And so I'm excited to think about how can we continue to create spaces where our members feel comfortable and safe sharing their opinion and interacting with other members of the community who they may not know personally, knowing that we're setting up guardrails to ensure that they're respected and and treated like a human. Yeah, I love that. And I've only had positive experiences on the app. So definite kudos to you and to the entire team. And thank you so much for being here with me today. I feel like I'm going to start wearing this hat in every single like podcast <laughs> interview I do ever. I love it so much. I don't have to do my hair. This is awesome. <laughs> we, that is music to my ears. And I also think that it's a great conversation starter because investing can mean many things. First of all, you can Mm -hmm. talk about public, but you can also talk about, you know, investing in yourself and investing in your community. So it's a a central conversation piece. 
Right, right. I need to polish up my plan and investing in all areas of my <laughs> life right now. Well, thank you so much again, Lola. It was so nice to finally get to see you and, and talk to you. And thank you for your time. If anybody's interested in public, how do they find you or the app or... Yeah, so you can head to public.com and you can easily download the app from there. And if you do download the app, I'm at Willa TF on public. So say hello. Always happy to meet people in our community and hear about what they're interested in, what they're excited about, what questions they have about investing. And you can also find me on Twitter at Willa CTF, where I'm always happy to retweet photos of people wearing their investing hat <laughs> and, and, and things like that. But public.com is the, the way to find us and, and our platform. Perfect. Thank you so much again. Thank you. Thanks for listening to Companies and Communities. If you like what you just heard, make sure to subscribe on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. Companies and Communities is a show brought to you by Motion. Motion is a done-for-you podcasting agency for B2B tech marketers. We do the podcast stuff so you can focus on strategy, building brand awareness, and developing new relationships. To learn more about how you can launch and grow a podcast for your company, check out motionagency.io.